Hello and welcome to Jump Cuts, a podcast about movies. My name is Charlie. I'm joined by my co-host, Will. Hello. And Park. Hello. This week, finally, the long-awaited sequel to Dune, Dune Part 2, has arrived. It's Tremors from 1990. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we watched Tremors. This was my pick. I'm going to be honest, I couldn't, so I couldn't, I was talking to Will about this last night. I was trying to think of a movie. I didn't have any ideas. I saw an Ask Reddit thread that was like, what's a movie that holds up 20 plus years later? And it was all these like, you know, vaunted classics. And then somebody was like, Tremors. I was like, we're watching Tremors. <laughs> but it was a thread just full of like, Citizen Kane and shit like it, that. It wasn't that bad, but it was stuff like, uh, like The Matrix or like, Die Hard, or yeah. have you guys seen incredibly uh, popular film? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely popular movies that made a ton of money. Which begs the question: Did this movie make any money? This is something I should know already, but I don't. I will figure it out after I recap it because I have to do that because uh, this is my pick. Oh wait, I found it. Budget eleven million dollars. Grossed sixteen million dollars, so it barely made money. Oh, hey, it made enough to make a million sequels, right? So they did make a lot of Tremors movies. <laughs> yes, there so, are like five to seven sequels. To the point that one came out last year. Excuse me. Yes. Oh, is Kevin Bacon in it? Uh, I no, Michael doubt. Gross, the man with the hawk's hat, is the only recurring character he's at this still point. There. Does he yeah, have the this same guy hat? has just been in, I think he's been in almost all of them, and it's not the same hat, but he wears a hawk's hat in every movie, I believe. We'll, we'll talk about that later, because that's another reason that I picked this movie. Before I recap, I must point out that one of these sequels, as I scroll through on IMDb, is called Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. Yes. Uh... There are soldiers holding assault rifles on this one. Really went downhill. Wait, that's Michael Gross, and he's wearing a Cubs hat. Yeah, I was about to say, he's wearing a Cubs hat in the Shrieker Island, which is the one that came out in last year. Maybe they stopped doing the Hawks hats after the numbered sequels. I don't know. Well, okay, we'll come back to that. <laughs> so, Trippers. Uh, the, so, the plot of Trippers, there is one. Surprise. Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward are two main characters. Uh, Valentine and Earl... And they're like kind of redneck uh, for hire freelance handymen in this nondescript desert valley in the southwestern United States somewhere. I don't think they ever say what state this is supposed to be in. Yeah. But like Mojave Desert somewhere. Uh, and of note, all these people live in a town in a valley that is just a horseshoe shaped there's only one way out on one road through one pass and so they're you know they're doing their thing they're doing their jobs and they run into a nice college student named Rhonda, who was doing seismology research and picking up some weird readings and then everybody goes about their day for a while and then people start getting attacked by sandworms and redneck kevin bacon and his pal have to save the day from the this handworms. <laughs> uh, they have to kill all the sandworms. Yes, which they do. I really thought they were going to like actually escape in the end, but no, they actually killed the ball, which was 
way funnier, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I didn't kill all of them because they're sequels, unless something else is causing tremors. Fair. I don't know. I haven't seen any of them. No, I think all the sequels involve yeah. the worms. They're just all the yeah. posters on IMDb have the worm prominently featured. Granted, I don't know if it's really a worm, but it's something. We'll uh, we'll get into that. But yeah, I mean, the star of the movie is well, it's it's Kevin Bacon, but then it's the props that are these <laughs> the worm. sandworm creatures because so these things they're like big 10 15 foot long mfs and then they've got like snake tongue mouths that also have mouths that eat people it's crazy yeah, they do some fun stuff if you've it. seen dune it's nothing like that <laughs> nothing like dune don't at picture all. that <laughs> They maybe maybe somebody got the idea from there. I assume they did, but yeah, it's not not that kind of sandworm. Yeah, uh, which yeah, the... I was sort of expecting it to be that kind of sandworm, but I like what they had. It worked better for this movie. Yeah, they, and it it kind of like they at least tried to make it ha- like make a little more sense than the Dune sandworms, because the Dune sandworms are just sort of like big alien borderline like god creatures or whatever like Mm -hmm. they don't really get much into the mechanics of them at least in the movie uh but in this movie they have like a really hard beak at the front so they can like plow through dirt easier and they show the little like feelers on the side so they can push themselves through the dirt it wouldn't work in real life obviously but they like they get a little bit into the anatomy of them and they it seems that they like thought really hard about what the the worm should look like which i appreciate yeah they're very thoughtfully designed and like as more of the the bodies are revealed as the movie goes on it gets progressively more like you know you see more parts of it and it makes sense that it's doing the things that they're doing yeah it's a good uh, design one, like for like a variety of ways they can eat someone basically. yeah yeah <laughs> Because that's the point of this movie, is they were like, we have this set, and we are going to build this big-ass puppet and have it eat a bunch of people in different ways. And that's the whole movie. That's the point, and it's delightful. I had a wonderful time. That was the only reason I was there, so... Well, okay, the reason I was there is because Charlie made made me watch a movie. Charlie picked (laughs) this movie for us. But... I imagine the average trimmers viewer they they just want to see the the big worm that was on the poster. So, yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah it the so the word that you used to describe it or not word but the subgenre last night will was uh, creature feature right and that's yeah. like part of what made this movie really interesting to me because they don't really make these anymore. Uh, we're in sort of this weird space with movies where like they're they're either just absolute giga budget blockbusters or it's indie movies, right? Yeah. This sort of like mid budget movie doesn't really get or like, made these or, days. Or any, the, any mid budget horror movie coming out, it's usually not like Well, this this isn't a horror movie, first of all. I yeah. wouldn't describe it as that, right? But even they like I don't see many creature features being advertised, right? It's mostly like, mm-hmm. what if there was an escape room that would kill you? Or Oh, I've like, heard about that movie. <laughs> what if, uh, you know, like stuff like that, where it's like cheap to make horror movies that are like guaranteed to make money. 
but the, it, it's not going to be like, what if there was a, a giant, I don't know, like evil bear that was attacking a town. I don't know. <laughs> like they this don't is, do that. Anymore. This is creature feature in the realm of like Mars attacks. Not really the horror film creature feature, just like the wacky, insane sci-fi film. Like, I feel like you could almost call this like a sci-fi Western in a way. Kind of, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's conceptually like if the thing was a comedy. Uh, yeah. Sort of. And no sort one was of. turning into worms, which is unfortunate. They should have That's added true. that aspect to the <laughs> That would be sick if they turned into the worm after the worm ate them, but no, they don't. The god emperor. <laughs> Kevin <Yeah>. Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon, god emperor of Southwest Nevada. Yeah. Getting high in a tent with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, I let's back up a little and talk about the characters and then we'll get into the uh the the props and the sets cuz I that's what's really the like we said the star of this movie is the the engineering really that went into it. But our uh it is I don't know if you would call this a comedy movie, but like it's pretty fucking funny. Mm. I I got several good laughs out of it and uh Kevin Bacon and the other I don't know, Kevin Bacon is the only actor of like notoriety from this movie i would say there are other yeah. people that went on to do other things but kevin bacon yeah. was like well, a movie star for yeah. a while they didn't execute everyone at the end of the filming everyone <laughs> <laughs> they got to continue working it didn't destroy anybody's career uh kevin bacon did did a footloose all that good stuff but the care the cast of characters that were presented I don't know if I would go so far as to call them interesting, but they're <laughs> funny and they they work for like what the movie needs to do. Yeah, they're not like they're not getting into any sort of deep emotional connections with these characters or like no. if pretty much any of the characters that they got eaten midway through the movie, you wouldn't be like distraught or anything. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a big gut punch to you. You would just be like, oh, wow. They, they decided to kill that character. Okay. Yeah. If anything, it would be kind of funny. Like, if the uh, the annoying kid that's, like, fucking with Kevin Bacon for the first half of the movie, if he got eaten, that would have been... I would have respected them if they killed him, honestly. I love funny. Everyone in the town is just, like, just hates him. They're just like, this, you're the worst. This we hope shit. the worms kill you. <laughs> Who are his parents? I don't know. know. Why is he there? Yeah, there's like it's, there's like oh, not okay. enough people in this town for it to even make sense. Like I don't get how the yeah. general store is existing in a town of ten people. Yeah, like how was there enough work for the two handymen? Did everybody else just get eaten? I don't think so. Some uh, people got eaten, but like I don't know. Yeah, they like and they they try to have. There's some story with like Kevin Bacon and like the love interest of the movie, right? like the uh, college student, like scientist or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, which is pre- presented so early in the movie that it feels like it's a sort of, uh, I think Red Letter Media calls it a case of the not gaze of like <laughs> you, 
we need to establish that these two men who are friends through the whole movie are not a couple. <laughs> Explicitly <laughs> not a couple. In the first 10 minutes of the film, we're going to have one of the guys, like, have a meet cute. <laughs> Oh, 1990. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, like they don't have like a ton of chemistry or anything. Really, like him and his like partner, his work partner and friend have probably the best chemistry in the movie. But like, uh, mm-hmm. it, their like love story, it's cute and all. It works for the movie, but it, you know, it's it's not the deepest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, no. they're sort of just like a buddy cop combo. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the love interest, I, there's, there's not really anything there. Uh, (laughs) it makes for some amusing moments perhaps, but yeah, I would say the only other like remotely a dynamic duo we have in this movie is the, uh, the doomsday preppers and Heather, the, yeah, Yeah. Michael Gross (laughs) and Reba McIntyre, which I did not realize that was Reba McIntyre until I pulled up the IMDb page. Um, but yeah, they're pretty funny. That's the Hawks hat guy that we were. Okay. So if this is somehow the first episode of this show that you've listened to, we're all from Atlanta and yeah, this movie that they shot probably in California and it's set in a desert. There are no deserts in, Georgia, but for some reason, this one guy just has a Hawks hat on yeah. in every move. Trimmers movie, or they're or like the first few. Trimmers they're like movies. from the South, right? Like they, yeah, are, they moved out could, there because of how remote it was. Yeah, they're looking. They're yeah. like weird libertarians who are like, we're gonna go live off the land with all our guns, like kind of doomsday prepper types. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it, it is funny, like I mean, obviously, like they made this in California or whatever because uh, you, you don't. Uh, as someone you know lived in georgia for most of his life you don't see a lot of like redneck guys with like hawks hats that's more you're you're gonna see more like uga or braves hats because of uh demographic and racist reasons (laughs) (laughs) why uh things tend to be more like uga and braves uh, yeah hawks and falcons very much city teams yeah, yeah if you live like in atlanta you know then you're one of those teams or like even like georgia tech you know stuff like that so uh but it's still fun to see because it's a hot it's so random. It, it doesn't look like anything that has ever actually been manufactured it's a right. it looks it's like, like he made it himself yeah because it's a corduroy hat with just like plain almost like plain text just like it's atlanta like hawks. new roman ass <laughs> atlanta hawks it's it, not like a logo it's, it's very weird so cool <laughs> i love yeah. it it's sick and it's not like that's not I guess Dominique Wilkins was still on the team at the time, which made it like the only era pre two thousand nine that the Atlanta Hawks were ever remotely relevant at all. <laughs> uh, but that's still such a random team. I so I looked up the story behind this, and the only reason they did this is just because, like you said, the characters are supposed to be from the South. So they just got a bunch of hats of various southern sports teams in wardrobe and told Michael Gross, pick one, and he picked the Hawks hat. That's it. That's the whole thing. And then he just kept wearing it for four more movies. There you go. Um, He's a weird libertarian who also loves basketball. Yeah. (laughs) What do you know? Um, Yeah, that story, not interesting to anybody not from Atlanta, but I think it's funny. So. <clears throat> but yeah, anyways, the uh, the Doomsday Prepper couple is amusing, and their whole 
their sort of star scene with the the gun bunker. That was fantastic. I was dying laughing. I mean, they're they're shooting at this worm. They run out of ammo, and you're like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? And they step back, and the camera just pans to a wall of loaded weapons. Like so many guns. 50 guns, all fully loaded. Yeah, the, uh, their uh, editor, uh, the, the camera work, has such a great eye for, like, comedy in this movie. It really does. That scene, that scene really shows it off, of like the reveal of the huge wall of guns. Mm. Also, I love the dynamic of like doomsday preppers being like kind of proven right, and they're just like so in their element for like <laughs> the rest of the movie. But they're still like complaining that like we were prepared for everything, but worms coming from underground. <laughs> Honestly. Like, their best line though is when they make the pipe bombs and they're like how did you make these and it's like oh just the right proportions of common household chemicals it just moves on from it <laughs> like anybody can make a pipe bomb anyone can you can but should you i mean if there's no. if there's worms afoot <laughs> That's true. Only if you have to fight sandworms, yeah. then it's okay to make a pipe bomb. Maybe zombies. Um, but that's another. They were also making them out of PVC pipe, and you really should be making them out of metal pipe if you want them to be more effective. True. Maybe well, they didn't know. want a lot of shrapnel because the counters are trying to have them eat the bomb. It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We'll 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 get into the complex biodynamics of blowing up a sandworm a bit here. <laughs> Uh, last thing I will say real quick about characters before we move on for now is that I said earlier Kevin Bacon went on to do a Footloose. I was mistaken on the timeline. Footloose was in 1984. Yeah, it was six say, years before. I wasn't going to correct you on it, but I was like, I think that was, <laughs> and that I I should have realized that because in retrospect, I've seen it. It's very obviously an 80s movie, but also he did this movie after. Starring in Footloose, and that's very <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I'm just gonna have a good time and do this ridiculous film, and boy, did he have fun with it. I think it's a pretty um, natural progression, you know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's fine. This is it. This is like the going from doing uh, rom coms to being a like fucking Marvel dork of the 80s but you make way less money and they don't give you a personal trainer to make you ridiculously hot. <laughs> he walked so Kumail could run. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what I'm getting at. There you go. It's the, the Chris Pratt progression. There you go. Yeah. Uh, with a similar amount of Christian fundamentalism, what with the whole footloose thing. Uh, anyways, though, so, okay, like we said, real star of Tremors. It's the the sets and the the worms. Yeah, which the, <laughs> the sets are The props, the whatever you want to call yeah, them. I feel like the sets aren't, I mean, they're pretty standard until they start getting torn apart. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right? kind so of that's the, what's, yeah. that's what's fun and what's cool about it is, I, so I, I, I don't know if they built this whole set for this movie or if they had like one of the, I don't know, one of the old movie ranches that they shot low budget Westerns on in the fifties 
And they were like, we're going to rip this thing apart for this movie about worms. Who knows? Yeah. Wherever they got this set, yeah, they've got the we, town. We were talking before how this is uh, actually what they where uh, Charles Manson used to live. This is the ah, same yes, one. Of course. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Hey, what, what was the ranch called? The uh... oh, I should shit. know this. I yeah, I just read that. Well, I didn't just read that book. It was like six months ago, but yeah, I, I don't think it's the same. It is one. not the no, same. It's definitely not the same. But yeah, I mean there there are. There are or were several of those in California that were basically just abandoned Western movie sets and various hippies that may or may not have killed a bunch of people or been CIA agents who knows lifted them in the. It's not important, but <laughs> <laughs> wherever they got this. Okay, it's very important, but not from... for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> What I'm getting at is that they ripped this whole fucking set apart and it rules. Well, it's like what they did in uh, in uh, Smokey and the Bandit 2. Like, the giant roller coaster that gets destroyed at the end of that movie was a roller coaster scheduled for demolition, like, I think in Georgia. And they're just like, fuck it, we're gonna have the truck drive through it and destroy it at the end of the movie. And they just did it in one take and moved on. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I love, I love movies that do that. It's such a rarity that like, they get to have like a real demolition incorporated in it. But that's that's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of my one of my favorite parts of this movie is just clearly, like we said with the characters, there's not that much going on with writing and story. It's pretty straightforward. This movie to me feels like. Some people that just really loved set design and props and setting up like stunts and shots and were like, okay, how can we do a bunch of stuff where we get to just rip a town apart and film it? And they came yeah. up with trimmers. And it's just beautiful. <laughs> it really they put pretty much all their effort in this movie into making the creature part of the feature uh the best it can be. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I I super respect that, especially like the uh, so part of like the the way the town is destroyed it's not just like random destruction uh mm -hmm. because they get pretty into like the intelligence level of the worms which i really i wasn't expecting at all i thought this would be sort of your usual fare of like mindless uh blood lust monster is after our heroes and they're just sort of constantly running from innovating the monster but no these worms are like borderline as intelligent as humans but th they just have a different way of sensing and experiencing the world and they have to like plan around what the worms know and like they can see and it they get pretty in depth with it like to a level that i wasn't expecting and it works super well it makes it like such mm. an exciting watch uh for, for what like because the problem with a lot of creature features is that they can be like kind of like obvious or like you, know, you can you know what's coming but this movie finds a way to uh, have a little intrigue going on make it a little more interesting you know yeah i from like the moment they introduce them right it's sort of this battle of mutual discovery that sounds way more grandiose than a movie about fucking sandworms actually is but like 
Specific, the, one of the first things that, specifically, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a fucking sandworm. Uh, but yeah, like one of the first things that happens as they start to realize that like these things exist and are real is like you know figuring out like oh like okay they can't see they don't have eyes because they live underground they never needed them so they're just you know swimming around or tunneling or whatever but they feel and they sense the tremors or the name <laughs> of the movie. Um, vibrations or whatever in the ground. And as the movie goes on, you get, you know, they discover like, oh, like the sock puppet looking ass mouths that they saw at first are not actually the whole thing. Those are just like, it's three tongues that are also mouths, which is sick. I love it. And then you have the, like you said, the beak that could plow through shit and then figuring out how smart they are. But also like at the same time, like the worms are figuring out the people and like, oh, like, they're on top of something. How do we get to them? Rip the building apart. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like, like that. They, because yeah, the people find out that they can hide on a rock, but then they think back to like when they found a dead body of a guy who was, had like, uh, I find that guy who climbed like a, uh, electrical tower or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he died of, uh, dehydration. They're like, what, why did he, why, why didn't he come down? Like, uh, then they, as they're sitting on this rock that like the worms can get up, uh, they realize like they start like throwing rocks out to try to like bait the worms out and the worms never leave. And they're like, Oh, these worms will just wait you out until you die. Like, mm-hmm. cause they know, like they can hear your vibrations. They know you're on the rock. They just can't get to you. Uh, so like, they'll just play the waiting game. Like they're smart enough to know that they can do that. Uh, and it's like this, the whole rest of the movie is just like a cat and mouse game with these like very intelligent worms. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get this like sort of trading blows scenario where they're, the people are having to come up with like progressively more intricate ways to outsmart the worms but then, like, that gets adapted to, and now they have to come up with something else the next time. And it keeps progressing, but then, like, all of the things they come up with are also progressively more, like, silly and funny <laughs> and amusing. Like, <laughs> them pole vaulting across the rocks is funny. And then, like, the when the when they have the fucking Mad Max war rig at the end with the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the caterpillar and the, they've got, like, a truck bed hooked onto the trailer hitch of it do caterpillars have a trailer hitch i don't know yeah doesn't matter <laughs> um either way it's very just them like slowly rolling up the mountain to the triumphant music and their fucking bulldozer <laughs> it's extremely funny yeah it's... um and i don't know it's just it's a good time man all of these things that they do are just delightful <laughs> yeah like uh and it's so they keep like upping the stakes of like in this little because at least when i was watching it i didn't know how far they were going to push the like the worms are smart thing but then Mm -hmm. they're like escaping on the caterpillar and then they see them like digging off in the distance they see worm sign (laughs) in the (laughs) distance uh and they're like like i wonder what they're doing oh well like we're almost you know almost out of here almost to the mountains where they can't get us uh, and then they like fall in a ditch. They're like, "Oh my god, the worms dug a trench. They knew uh, like they could stop us with this." 
and then later on when they're throwing the pipe bombs at them and they they get they get one of them by like fishing for them with the pipe bomb and then they try it again and the other one like uh spits it back out like at at them them. (laughs) and it's like oh my god these things are like very smart <laughs> like they learned very quickly they could like recognize it was a bomb and <laughs> like throw it back i was like holy shit yeah uh, that stunt by the way looked extremely dangerous did anybody else notice that like they they really did drive the tractor into, into a, a ditch, a ditch <laughs> and i i don't know if it's michael gross himself or a stunt double for his character is standing on the the plow at the front and jumps out of it as it's falling into the ditch like that guy could have died if he did not (laughs) die that correctly if you watch the credits there is a very long list of stunt actors including somebody whose nickname is moose (laughs) um (laughs) that rules uh that whole part and so many of the things with the uh the buildings like getting like partially picked up right and you see this or like the roof like collapse starting to bend when they're they're on top of it yeah as they're like it's like picking up a corner of the building made me think have you guys ever been to uh universal in california where they do the the like studio tour thing no um so i okay i've been there one time and the only the thing i remember about the like studio tour part that they do is they make it like a you know interactive experience with the sets or whatever where you it like goes through recreations of a lot of movies like this from the 80s and 90s that had elaborate sets with a lot of engineering behind the way that they did the the practical effects so like buildings falling apart and shit right Mm -hmm. like twister was one of them and then like uh what's Battlefield Bad Company 2. Uh, Yeah, Battlefield Bad Company 2. Known (laughs) movie Bad Company 2. But, you, I mean, you know, really, it was a lot of, like, disaster movies from the 80s and 90s that this sort of takes some cues from in some ways, um, at least with, like, the, the set engineering. But it's just really interesting to me because... And I'm not trying to be, like, an annoying hipster, but, like, they they don't do that anymore. And part of that is because you don't have to. It's a lot cheaper and a lot safer to do it on a computer. And it looks almost as good now, but, like, there is something different about seeing, like, this corner of a building actually get picked up. And, you know, that's not... They don't show the entire building lifting up. But all the things they do with the building specifically during the, like, 35-minute stretch of the movie where they're roof hopping in town as the worms try to tear the buildings down and eat them off the roof it's really cool to think about the engineering that had to go to that yeah, yeah, and they yeah. genuinely they don't do that anymore. you gotta have like, a hell of a hydraulic lift under that entire right? house i mean i guess the only other movie that we've watched like at least closest to modern movie that's done some massive feat of practical engineering like this is uh there will be blood with the dredge burning scene like they Oh yeah, I guess they were really They yeah. built the dredge and burned it to the ground solely for the movie. <laughs> and see, like that's insane. You tell me that somebody did that in two thousand eight. I'm like, that's a crazy thing to do. Why didn't you just computer it in the fire? <laughs> <laughs> it but does like, look really cool. I, you know? And it looks sick. Yeah. And like it, you, you just you can't replicate like w- when you see like the 
the roof of the building start to cave in and like the actors are actually losing their balance as it happens so, like mm-hmm. i don't know that's hard to replicate uh you know, I, I think you know you, you can put a little bit of fear into your actors. It's a little bit of real, yeah. <laughs> real panic yeah. going on there. The, put it, put in some putting some natural fear in movies makes them just that much better. Uh, yeah. To keep referencing old mo- like other movies, but like Alien with the chestburster scene, they didn't tell him that there was going to be a chestburster. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, they really killed a guy in that. <laughs> 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 Really they just fucking him. pushed a prop through his like through his back and out his chest <laughs> killed him right there on the table uh, but yeah like the the modern equivalent of them on the shaking rooftop is you know you you build just a rooftop that's on the ground in a sound stage surrounded by blue screen and you have some sort of engineering that goes into like making this thing shake but like it's not actually an outdoor roof and there is there there is something lost in not having that right yeah. i don't know and it's one of those things like i don't mean i didn't when i was watching dune not to, not to keep bringing dune up but this is the other i can't imagine why made, so. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i wasn't I wasn't watching Dune thinking, why didn't they build a real ornithopter, right? Why didn't they build a dragonfly helicopter for real for this movie? Because that's a ridiculous thing to do. But yeah. like, I was thinking, why they, didn't they just do like a cool miniature for the for the city instead of like the CG one we had? I thought that would have been nice, but they didn't do it. I, or was it a miniature? I, I don't know. Parts of it, I think, were. I mean, I... When they're like when it's shots on the ground in it, I think they're CGI'd in. But I think that the overhead shots of the city were a miniature. Maybe. I might be wrong. It's hard to tell because the whole thing is just the same color as the desert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is like, I mean, that's just how Dune works. But still. Yeah, I guess assume it was CG because like, I don't know. Villeneuve has never been like a big practical effects guy. Like, I think he's good yeah. at what he does, but he's like never. I never really seen him like, oh, we got to do it all practical. I don't think he really cares about that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I the only like practical effects Villeneuve movie is like Sicario. Yeah, and that's not just really like practical. Like driving effects. around just, in a car. Yeah, and the and the gunshots are <laughs> the gunshots are probably CG anyway. So probably like, yeah, um, they probably uh, did them the proper safe way. I hope. Yeah. And not whatever Alec Baldwin did. Oh my um, god! Yeah, not not great. But anyway, <laughs> and I hope they did all the stunts on this movie safely. But whatever they did, they looked cool, looked great. Yeah. And I think the the monsters look good too. There were one or two points where I was like, uh, "Those the the snake mouths really look like sock puppets." Yeah. And honestly, like maybe the, they like were. The little there might ones have literally, the, yeah, like the, the little. He, there might there were probably people in the puppet for the big one, right? And somebody may have literally been sticking their arm down a sleeve and sock puppeting the snake mouths. <laughs> that totally could have maybe happened not. for some of them. Uh, maybe I just it went through my head that it looked like a sock puppet one time and I couldn't unsee it. I don't know, 
they all do... snakes look like sock puppets. <laughs> yeah, the the design of the big worm doesn't hundred percent like sell you. You know, like it. Yeah, it's very the... clearly a prop. It it isn't like good enough. It's it's no the thing. You know, we're not mm-hmm. we're not that far into it, but. It, it was good enough for me. I, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the only explanation for like the props on the Wikipedia page for trimmers is just them talking about how they, what company, the company of amalgamated dynamics made the worms. And for the full scale one, they just buried it in the ground and then dug it up again to make it look like worn and like it had been in the ground. And they don't explain anything else about it. It's a good idea, yeah. honestly. They do talk about how the eight gauge fucking elephant gun it was a real gun that they put dummy cartridges in for the movie. They got it from a private collector. <laughs> so that was just there a actual eight gauge shotgun. Oh yeah. yeah, I didn't know they made eight gauge blanks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think they probably had to custom make them or something. Yeah, they. I, I like to think they went to go pick it up from the guy from the collector, and he he had the same Atlanta Hawks hat on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the same guy. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I. However, they did the uh, the puppets and the the props. It works well enough. It moves. It moves good. Whenever you see it, it feels reasonable that like this is a thing that is chasing people, and it's got a big scary mouth, and it's gonna eat you. Yeah, it's a little silly, but the whole movie is a little mm-hmm. silly, so it works. You know. Yeah, like if if you did that in a movie that was actually a horror movie, it wouldn't work. But the movie's not a horror movie. It's funny. It's genuinely. There's a lot of great jokes in this movie. I laughed a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I I was trying to find out a little bit more about how these puppets operated. So I got onto the Tremors Wiki. There is actually just not even the Wikipedia page. The Tremors Wiki. It's like a fan wiki. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it talks about the multiple stages of the worms. They're called graboids. Uh, oh, I forgot they say that the freaking uh, the general store guy who gets eaten like two minutes later they're trying to come up with a name he's like what if we call him grab <laughs> yeah so that's the name that sticks is graboids in honor of him but immediately after naming them. my boy kid so there are multiple different types uh there's graboids which is the ones that i guess you see here there are dirt dragons which are from trimmers four shriekers which are only from like the small worms turned into shriekers and then the final stage is called an ass blaster good (laughs) (laughs) man i need to watch the rest of this movie or this series i'm just gonna keep picking trimmer sequels for the next three months of my (laughs) Oh man, Park is deep in the Tremors <laughs> I was, now. I All it. I wanted to do was find out how they operated the puppets, but now I know that they eventually evolve into something called an ass blaster. No, this is great. This is good information. I should have done this research myself, but I am I'm curious, Park, when you're when you're done researching ass blasters, uh <laughs> 
if you have any additional thoughts on the the set engineering or the prop engineering as an engineer yourself i know this is not your field yeah how'd, uh, how'd they do it park but how'd they do it <laughs> explain this entire movie to me as, as a chemical engineer i will explain the civil engineering behind putting big ass <laughs> hydraulic lifts under houses and shaking them around a bunch i mean no i you seem qualified i'm assuming that they probably used lifts similar to i don't know if y'all have ever seen behind the scenes for pirates of the caribbean um no because for like the actual like action scenes on the boats they had just a hull of a ship in a sound stage with these massive hydraulic lifts on all the sides of it so they could move the whole piece so you still give the effect of like everybody's losing their balance because the ship is turning on its side because the ship's actually turning on its side. It's just not in the water. It's in a giant fucking warehouse. So I'm assuming they were using stuff similar to that, where most of these houses are ultra lightweight. You know, like half of them are, you know, just trailers. Yeah. So it's not too hard to dig underneath them and put just a massive hydraulic lift under there on all the corners of the house and then just shake it around a bunch. Yeah, you, you you can tell the buildings aren't the most sturdily built things in the world and you watch it. Even like the inside of that convenience store, you look at the shelves and it's like, these are going over. These aren't going to make it through the movie. These are designed to fall apart. They're less stable than an Ikea shelf, like the yep. ones behind me. It really, the whole town looks like a Call of Duty map of like, western american desert town i was thinking it, it looks like that town that's, that's like being sieged by super mutants in fallout 3 <laughs> you're fine <laughs> uh, it, right it's Big so town? like a yeah. video game layout it's yeah. like okay we have two trailers and then one house and then uh what like a elevated like a water tower what even is that yeah, thing it the looks one like a store. chicken coop on legs and then a store and that's it. That's the entire town. Yep. <laughs> and then that Here guy are the is four like, buildings for you to fight super mutants in. And then Kevin Bacon is being like really picky about who, you, like, what women he wants to date. And it's like you live in a town of ten people, and you're like right. fourteen really based on the sign. <laughs> okay, yeah, fourteen people, uh, and you're being selective here. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> okay. Kevin Bacon and the other guy. Sorry, other guy. Uh, Earl. Oh, no, I'm not counting. I'm just going off of what the population sign says at the very beginning. I know. I'm counting. Ah. I I, don't. Okay, right? Because, okay, so there's them. There's the blonde mom and her blonde kid. And then Ken, the the general store guy who gets eaten. The Mm. annoying teenager. The electrician dies of dehydration. We're at nine. I don't even think he was an electrician. I think he was just like a vagrant that they knew who climbed the the electrical tower. So I'm counting based on the IMDB page, and there's actually more than 14. Um, Well, not everyone was in the town anyway. Yeah, the the couple who are in the car that gets The doctor, and then you have old Fred, and then Edgar. So Edgar's the guy who climbs the tower. Yeah, they and the, the couple that gets eaten in the car before we see the 
full monster are not from the town. They're like passing through. Nobody knows them. What I'm getting at is that wait, which, we see no, that's the doctor, the the couple that like the when the generator gets swallowed and everything. Yeah, that's the doctor. That's uh, the doctor. Okay, I misunderstood something then. Um, either way, I am not getting to 14 people so, so who here, died off camera that we never. You met. have you have Rip Kevin Bacon or Val. You have Earl. You have Rhonda, who's the mom. You have Bert, who's Hawksman, Heather, who's Reba McIntyre, Melvin, who's the little shit, Nancy, who is, I can't remember who Nancy is. Um, oh no, Ron, yeah, Rhonda's know. the sorry, Rhonda's the student. Nancy's yeah. the the blonde mom. Miguel and Rhonda wouldn't count as part of the the fourteen. True, because I'm counting. I'm counting fifteen. So there, that's why yeah. I'm counting fifteen. Okay, so so we do everybody's account. Yeah, if you count Edgar, old Fred, and then the doctor and the doctor's wife, that's who's old Fred. Old Fred's the guy whose head they find. He's the farmer who they're like, oh my god, what happened to his sheep? Oh, there we go. Okay, that's who I was missing. So yeah, the sign is right. That's actually two things that were fairly accurate because when they said make this fuse for about fifteen seconds, I counted seventeen seconds because I do that kind of shit in movies. (laughs) <laughs> you <laughs> they did it they did uh, that just for you park they, they knew look at the watching. deeply immersive world building of tremors attention to detail folks that's what makes my creature comedies from 1980 <laughs> uh well that was our weekly segment did this movie have a number that was accurate <laughs> tune in next week for Probably, Probably not that. Probably not that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways. Yeah, so the end of the movie, I we talked about this a little. And I like how they kind of set up. They uh, The first one that they kill, they kill basically by accident by running towards the... Uh, the gully. The Yeah, the like concrete ditch that they try to jump over and they miss. But then it runs into the wall and kills itself. Um, which it was not going bad it doesn't make sense why I died there but we just live with it it's fine very uh, prone to brain trauma I guess (laughs) should not play football these things but yeah they kill the last one by baiting it towards a cliff and it tunnels out of the side of the cliff and then splats on the ground and busts open and it looks great it's really crazy yeah (laughs) um and then that's the end of the movie. Happily ever after. Not really. They made eight more of these. <laughs> there are several more worms, apparently, that they also turned into, I guess, dragons later. I don't know. <laughs> apparently. But uh, all that to say, I, you know, I, I have absolutely zero deep thoughts about this movie because there is just, I, it. It, it's a it 1990s doesn't ask you to think deep thoughts. It doesn't yeah. allow you to. It, it's, it's a, like it, it's a it's 1990s like a mid-budget comedy, but... <laughs> action movie. Yeah. It's great. It doesn't need to be it's anything just... more than that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's one of the most uh turn your brain off, half pay attention, have a great laugh movies that I've watched in a long time. And to be honest. I needed that. It was great. <laughs> I loved Trivers. 
I would watch it again, maybe. I in the right context, I would watch it again. Yeah. Uh so all that said, I we're uh you know we're only at like forty nine and a half minutes. But I really do not have anything else to say about Tremors to you guys. I don't know what else to say about Tremors. No, that's all I got. All right. Well, let's pack this thing up. (laughs) Uh, Appropriately short and sweet like Tremors, which is 90 minutes, the ideal length for a movie. So uh, (laughs) recommendations. I, I think I made it clear. I would recommend Tremors. I don't even really have any, like, reservations, because, like, it is a monster movie, but it's not gory or scary. There's, like, one or two jump scares, but, like... It's not bad. It's just, it's just, uh, yeah, it's more of a fun, like, action comedy than it is a... It's not scary. Yeah. Anybody can watch Tremors. (laughs) They say fuck one time. Don't show Tremors to your baby. Yeah. You can tell... So Sorry, that's actually something I meant to comment on. So, it's PG-13 from the 90s, so they get that one fuck in... But you can tell where they set it again and they had to edit it out. And when it's the doomsday prepping couple, call it a mother humper. If you look at their mouths, it does not line up at all. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, did they even have PG-13 yet in 1990? But you're right, it's PG-13. Yeah, but they got got the one fuck in there and then they had to edit out the other. (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, did he just say mother humper? Yes. (laughs) I genuinely, there are some good jokes in this movie, but I'm not going to recount them to you because that's bad content. Uh, anyways, uh, recommendations, you guys park. Yeah, I mean, go watch it. Unfortunately, it's not available on the like major streaming services for free. But honestly, totally worth the four dollars I spent to rent it on Amazon. Like, <laughs> it's great. And well. Yeah, I would recommend it. If you saw Dune and you were expecting to see more worm, <laughs> you wanted more worm, you craved the worm, this is the movie for you. Watch Tremors. <laughs> Let me see your worm. Exactly. It's a great, great movie to see some worm. <laughs> well, okay, that was Tremors. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. As always, do episodes every Thursday. Follow us on all the stuff at Jump Cuts Pod. Uh, leave a like, rating, review. What do we do on the podcast app that you use? Follow Park at SummerHour underscore Brewing. Follow Will at Will Post Words and on YouTube at Will Johnston. There's not an at on YouTube. That's just what his channel is called. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Charlie B Post. And we'll see you next time. Next week. Bye bye. We're going in the opposite direction of short, sweet, and no deep thought with no. The Godfather. No. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> She's making me watch a three hour movie. <laughs> schedule a whole day around the next No, I, I actually do not have time for that.